This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 73. On today's episode, we're chatting with productivity expert Laura Smith about finding the courage to overcome crippling shyness and actually start showing up in your own life in a big way. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. Today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our online program that teaches you step-by-step how to build a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. Whether you already have a business or you're just thinking about starting one, EBA provides a comprehensive and proven approach to refining your message, growing your audience, and generating a sustainable revenue. With more than 11,000 students in 60 countries worldwide, we know exactly what works and what doesn't. And our goal is to help you create a business that you love. If you are interested in finding out more, we invite you to join our free training just for podcast listeners at doitscared.com slash EBA. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash EBA. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living While Spending Less and the Living While Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my latest book, Do It Scared. In today's episode, we're talking to productivity and organizing expert Laura Smith about learning how to push past our own insecurities in order to create the life we want. Laura is the founder of iHeart Planners, as well as the founder of the Organizing HQ Summit. She was actually voted most shy in high school and for years was afraid to even leave the house. Even so, she somehow managed to overcome those fears and then to become a wildly successful online business owner. It's a story that I know you are going to find so inspiring because ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about taking those steps that are going to help us move past those things that are holding us back and make the changes that are going to allow us to create a life we love. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean we're never scared. Instead, courage is being scared but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. All right, guys, so a couple more quick things before we dive into today's episode. First, you can get all the show notes for this episode, as well as the links for everything we're going to talk about today, including how to get signed up for Laura's Organizing HQ Summit by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 73. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 73. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to head over to doitscared.com to take our free fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be showing up in your life and potentially holding you back, as well as to discover exactly what you can do about it. Guys, this assessment only takes a few minutes to take, and it literally is one of the most impactful things that you can do to begin pushing past fear in your life. So be sure to do that, okay? 
And then without further ado, I'm so happy to introduce you to my friend, the incredibly talented Laura Smith. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. Hi, thanks. I'm so glad to be here. So I have had the honor of getting to know you pretty well over the last few years. First, as an Elite Blog Academy student, what year did you join EBA? When it first launched in 2014. Oh, you were first class, 2014. Oh my goodness. So you've watched like the whole evolution of the whole thing, which is amazing. Um, And I've got to watch the evolution of you and your business, which has been really fun. But now you've been part of my EBA mastermind for the last couple of years also, which is just like... I, I can't even describe to like the level of depth that we get out of that group. And, the, and it's just so, it's so much fun to get to know you on this completely different level as a person and as a business owner. Um, I really do. I love it. And I admire you so much. So I'm so excited to talk to you today, but for our listeners who don't know you, let's just start with the basics. What do you do? Um, who are you? What did you do? And how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? So I'm Laura and I run the iHeart Planners blog. We have the Sweet Life Planner Club. We sell a physical planner. Um, and I live in Indianapolis with my husband and my four-year-old and just turned three-year-old. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Little his ones. birthday was yesterday. So, yeah. so that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm busy, of course. Um, <laughs> and I started, um, I went to school for electrical engineering. I worked as an electrical engineer for seven years. And then I started blogging about home organization and planners. <laughs> when I started. With- okay. I forgot that you were an electrical, yes. in- electrical engineer. So that is like hilarious because that is such a switch to go from electrical engineering to blogging about homemaking and planning. Yeah. I tell people that I went from designing nuclear power plants to designing planners and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) (laughs) That is a shift. That is is a shift. So how did you make, how did you make that shift? Well, I had always known that when I got married and had kids that I did not want a traditional full-time job because I really wanted to spend a lot of time with my kids. And so that was on the radar. And I kind of thought at the time, well, I guess I'm just going to have to save up as much money as possible and then just quit my job and, you know, life would go on. And then um, about the time I, probably about 2008, I started reading blogs. I started reading couponing blogs because again, goal, save as much money as possible so that I'm not working when I have kids. So I start couponing like crazy and reading all the <laughs> blogs. And I didn't even think about like- Is that how you found me through couponing? Yes, it is. Amazing. Yes, it really <laughs> is. And so I, and my mom actually told me about like, oh, there's this like whole thing about couponing in this blog. And so I start reading them. I didn't even think about why people would do this. And then some people started blogging about like how they make money blogging. And I was like, you can really do that. That would be amazing. I love writing. I love the graphic side and the pictures. I have a creative side. Like I'm strong on both like left and right brained. So that's why it's always hard for me. It was hard for me to decide what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> and so I started reading, but the truth is that for a couple years, I had this dream. I was like, I could do it even with kids at home. Like, wouldn't this be amazing? But I'm pretty sure I don't have what it takes. Like you have to be someone special and no one that's as shy as me could ever do something that's like public because you actually have to have people read your blog if you want to make money. So I was kind of stuck in research mode 
but I'm a big researcher. Like I'm an engineer, make all the spreadsheets, read all the books, do all the research. And so I just researched. Is your, is your fear archetype the procrastinator? Um, people pleaser and procrastinator are very close to are the top. Are both very oh, high. Gotcha. People pleaser. <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So we're right there. And so I just researched and um, finally took the leap in 2012 to actually get started. And 2012, that's yes. when you started yes. started your business. De- so December you just, so how 17th long did, of 2012. So you were researching, well, you started couponing in 2008. And then what, what was the time where you started like so learning about people making money? that I read a few posts on making money, blogging, okay. and then I started following some blogs all about blogging. So that's uh-huh. when I really started hardcore researching. Wow, that is a lot of research. That is, is. That's a long time to, to wait to get started. Oh my goodness. So one of the, you just alluded to it a little bit, but one of the things that really surprised me when I got to know you is that for a lot of your life, you actually struggled with like almost crippling shyness. Yeah. And didn't you say you were, you were voted most shy in high school? Yes, I got most like shy that. and most likely to succeed in the high school yearbook award. That's an interesting Combo, combination. Yes. Um, but can you just talk about that a little bit? So what did this shyness look like for you? Like, how did it play out in your life? And, and then how did you move past it? So yeah, I was just born someone who was like very shy and afraid of the world. And honestly, like I didn't have a lot of life experiences that made me this way. I mean, I had one small little people picking on me in middle school, but you know, who doesn't? Um, But that was like, I mean, I had a great supportive family. They were, none of them were shy. I was just very like the people pleasing side and the fear of people. Like I love people, but I was terrified of them. And Mm. it was like nearly crippling. I mean, to the point that in seventh grade, that was when like the teasing happened. I went into my shell so much that I literally didn't speak to a soul. Like I was the girl eating lunch all by herself every single day. Oh my day gosh, until, like, that's a kind like heartbreaking. Yes, yes, it was hard. And so this is the kind of like, I when I got my driver's license, I almost didn't even want to get it because that meant I would now have to like do things like go to the grocery store by myself, which meant you might see a cashier that you had to make eye contact with. Like, it was oh my gosh. Of, like, like you couldn't even make eye contact with strangers. It was, it's it was a, that even bad. Now so did you like struggle. stay in the house all the time? It's no. still a struggle for you now? That's really... Yeah. Eye contact, especially like just for people who feel like I have to be a little bit conscious about it, especially when I'm meeting new people. Like I'm supposed to make eye contact, reach out, things like that. And I actually love people. And once I'm talking one-on-one, I'm fine. It's just like those situations. So yeah, that was, that was hard. <laughs> um, yeah. So what did you do? Like, how did you get even like go to college and get a job so and do all of those I things? Think so how- the main oh, reason was my people pleasing and my shyness competed with each other. So I knew ah. that it wasn't like good to stay in your locked in your house all the time. Right. And I wanted people yeah. uh, to do what was expected of me. So that and the shyness were like competing with each other. But I had just enough of that. And I had a lot of like natural ambition and drive that like I wanted to go to school. I loved school, you know, and learning and I wanted to do these things. And I think I had a lot of hope and faith. I didn't know how it would happen, but I really did believe that there would be a way to get past it because I didn't even want that. Like I didn't enjoy staying to myself. Like I love, I am an introvert. Like I recharge by being alone, but I'm also, I love being around people. You're an extroverted introvert. Uh, Yes. And you wouldn't have known that 10 years ago because of how shy I was, but I really was. And so 
I really didn't want that. Like I wanted people. And so I just really thought somehow I was going to find a way around it. Wow. So how did that even play out? Like at school, would you were even, would you ever raise your hand or no, no. no you wouldn't <laughs> no, ever answer questions no. or anything? Oh my gosh. Oh, no. So I, it like hurts my heart to does. think of, to I, think of you like that. It really does because you're so, like, you're so much fun. And of course in our group, there's so like, we're so close and so comfortable with each other that we can yell at each other and cry and laugh and do all the things pretty much all at once that it's hard for me to think of like people not knowing how awesome you are. Oh, it yeah, like it makes was. me almost get teary and you know, I don't like crying. So we're going to have to move on. Yeah, I <laughs> move do on. like sometimes get teary when I think about my old self and I was like, I wish I could just have a talk with her. Do you like, what would you say? What would you say to her? I think I would assure her that like, there's better things ahead that even though you don't know how now you will learn how to be more of the person you want to be and that you are worth something. I mean, I think we just fundamentally feel almost worthless. Yeah. Um, and so I think I would help her understand that. Oh, oh, so, okay. So when did it happen that you started to move past it? Cause obviously then you got married. Yes. So you talked long enough to a boy. To, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Our dating relationship you. was a little bit. <laughs> How did that all happen? He was so, I mean, he was amazing, of course. And so, um, he really changed me, um, and helped me come out of my shell. But what's funny about it is he didn't do it very directly. Like we never actually had conversations about how I was shy. He actually didn't really even push me like to do things you might imagine, but just his being there and his like kind of loving me unconditionally. I think it really started to change me. And it also helped me open up just to everyone, like people I was close to people I wasn't Um, before I was a little closed because I think it was that like feeling of worthlessness. Like if they knew what I really struggled with, they probably wouldn't like me, which is dumb. I now know that like everyone struggles. So I think through that relationship, it really helped my natural confidence. And um, yeah, so that's amazing. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we met through mutual friends at a Bible study um, at their Aww. house. And it wasn't like love at first sight. I mean, we talk, like when I say we talked, I mean, we greeted one another <laughs> because I'm shy. <laughs> and at that time I was still fairly shy. And so we would hang out in like a group together, but I never really talked. And what actually happened was a few months into um, like us knowing each other, we had plans to do something with somebody else. And at the last minute, they couldn't make it. So it was just him and I like 45 minutes before we were supposed to be there. And he's like, well, why don't we just go to dinner? And I'm like, okay, sure. And what he said that, you know, changed things at that point was once we started eating dinner, I actually talked. I mean, we stayed at the restaurant for over two hours. I had plenty Aww. to say. And he's like, oh, you have something to say. I love it's this. Like so that's, the sweetest love story yeah, ever. So that's how oh my gosh. it started when he got to know me and realized that like I actually had something to say. And yeah. There was something and that there was something actually there. Yes. And then that in turn gave you the confidence, like somebody actually finally seeing you and yes. seeing how great you were. That gave you the confidence. It really to, did oh, help. Yeah. That is like, oh my gosh, I love that so much. So, okay. So then you started to build up your confidence, but then starting a business that requires you to be out in front of people all the time, like that's still even a big leap and, and something that even people who aren't that shy are scared to do. So how did you, like, how did you find that courage to 
do a business because you do videos and you do Facebook lives and you do all this stuff. Like you really interact with your community and you've gotten to become like so just like such a presence. And that's that's a lot. You did not hide behind like some anonymous blog. That's correct. So basically what happened, I would say it was two things. I mean, I really wanted it because I knew I was going to stay at home with my kids, but on one salary, I mean, we were going to be, it was going to be rough. Like there was going to be a lot of rice and beans. And I mean, I could have lived with that, but I really wanted to be able to go out to dinner every once in a while. And And have cute things. Yeah. Have a few things like, (laughs) yeah, why not? And so I was like, I would really love to bring in a side income. If I was really motivated, although I didn't share that with anyone, because again, fear, you know, Um, I was pretty motivated. And then in 2012, I'm not exactly sure what happened or why, but I just got so annoyed with myself for never like so many things I didn't do just because I was afraid. And these are a lot of these things are things that for regular people wouldn't even show up on their radar, but stupid stuff that I wouldn't do, like go to a restaurant by myself. Oh my goodness, no way, you know, and like things like that. And so I decided in 2012, like I'm just, I'm going to stop not doing things just because I'm afraid. And, you know, I was frustrated because I felt like it was really hard to expand my comfort zone. You know, I thought like, because I had been in social situations my entire life, like I wasn't overly sheltered and it wasn't like expanding my comfort zone. So I told myself, I'm just going to get so, I'm going to go outside my comfort zone so much that I'm comfortable being outside my comfort zone. Wow. So it was literally just, I mean, we talk about that all the time. Like courage is a muscle. You just have to practice doing it scared. And it starts with doing little things that feel a little bit scary. And then that gives you the courage to do something a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit, but you're like walking proof of this because look at you now. I mean, look at the stuff that you are you are doing, which we're going to talk about it a little bit, which is, it's so exciting, but it's so interesting to hear that journey. And it sounds like basically you're like, you wanted it more than you were scared of it at the, at the end of the day, like what you wanted that big goal of making and making enough money to be able to stay home with your kids, which your, did your kids even exist at that point? No, I didn't have kids yet. I just knew we wanted kids. So your future kids. I'm a planner, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing though. Like just the idea of like being a mom was so strong for you and the desire was so strong there that you were like, I'm going to figure out how to make this happen, which is, which is pretty cool. So now you've got this amazing business that has been really, really successful and you've grown your business a lot over the past few years, especially since I've gotten to know you since EBA was 2014 was when you first started EBA. And I love watching you grow and stretch yourself as a business owner. I love watching you constantly step out of your comfort zone. But what do you think have what do you think have been some of the most significant factors in growing your business? Oh wow. I mean, I think um just being very determined. I mean, there's just something to be said for that like determination. Like, I'm gonna do this. And the fact that I almost think the fact that I have been kind of shy my whole life, I am used to making myself do stuff that I don't love, (laughs) you know, and I know I can, like, it may not be pretty, maybe like my first live video, for example, I don't think was super polished and didn't probably look super comfortable, but I knew I was going to do it. And I think just because you had been practicing all this, like practicing doing it scared all this time. Yeah. So I think, you know, that had a, a huge effect. I think also, I very much when I started, I kind of put my head down and just did the work. And I 
one of the things that really changed everything for me, because I am very much a perfectionist and like the procrastinator type, is somebody said something like, um, you don't get paid for what's 99% done. You get paid for what's done. And I was like, you, I gave myself deadlines. Like when I, that year of no fear, notice I started the blog at the very, very end of that year. Like I put it <laughs> off as long as I could. Um, and I launched the <laughs> actual products because the research I had been doing, and I wasn't researching like, I was researching the people who were serious about building a business, not just about blogging. Cause that's what mm-hmm. I wanted. And so there they were all like, you have to have a product. So I released a product like right when I, you know, started and that was of course scary, but just giving myself that deadline and saying, I'm going to release this project, I mean product. And I think I sold like five, like it was nothing amazing, but just the fact that I did it gave me yeah. something to start with and start from. Which is huge. And then all along I've continued to do that and realizing, you know, nobody really knows what they're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't done it before, but I can figure it out. And that's something I've done my whole life is like, figured out. I think just my family gave me those examples. And I've been just surrounded with the idea that it's okay if it's hard or you don't know how to do it, you'll figure it out. Yeah. So determination, being willing to do it scared and just being willing to figure it out. Yes. You would say those are the main factors. Yes. It's, that's amazing. Like, I think that that is so, it's so true. I mean, none of us know what we're doing ever. And that's just part of, that's part of the journey. And it's, it's impressive too, that you've been able to do that, like overcome the shyness and overcome the perfectionism because that determination again of wanting, wanting the end goal and wanting to get to the end goal was willing, willing to like made you willing to step outside of your comfort zone again and again and again and again, which I just like, I'm so proud of you. It makes, it like gives me all the feels right now. And when I started, (laughs) I never dreamed of what it would become. Like, Yeah, I was just like, I had much smaller goals. I was like, I remember telling my husband right about the time I started, I was like, by the end of like, so this was December. I'm like, by the end of next year, I would like to be making a thousand dollars a month. And I remember him being like, I mean, he's very supportive, but he was like trying to be like, well, it's okay if that doesn't happen. Because at this time, like blogging was a little less of a professional thing. And so people were like, can you really make money doing this? And so um, it seemed like such a pipe dream. But that, that was point. my goal. And the $1,000 a month seemed like a far-fetched, like, I don't even know if that's possible kind of goal. And of yeah. course, I uh, I think I made, um, by November of the next year, I think I had made $3,000 in one month. So I got wow. there. But yeah. um, it seemed And then far-fetched. you're like, now what can I do? <laughs> yeah. So I had no idea where it would grow, that it would be like a more than full-time income, more than replace my income as an engineer, that I would have employees and a team and... I just didn't yeah, because how going. many people are on your team now? Um, I have myself, a full-time employee, and about like five very regular contractors who work like 10 or 20 hours a week. So, Which is amazing. Yes. Amazing. Like you're legit business now. Yes. You have a physical product that you manufacture and sell, which is amazing. You're, you're, it's called the Sweet Life Planner, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, which and it's beautiful, and you're and then you've got your membership community and some other fun stuff going on that we're going to talk about in a minute. We will we'll give we'll give a little teaser, but stay tuned for all the good things that are coming up. But I I want to switch gears just a little bit because one of the things that has really impressed me about you, also in addition to the fact that you're just so willing to make yourself uncomfortable, uh, is that you have done a really great job balancing being a mom with running a business because that was your 
original purpose. That was that was your focus. That's why you started your business so that you could focus on being a mom. And you still have two little kids. Three and four are little. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine being in the, in that phase anymore now that my kids are older. And so that's a lot to make it work. So how have you made that work? And do you have any specific policies or advice in that area? Yeah. So that has been really important to me from the beginning. And it's a little, you know, it's funny because in the beginning I thought, okay, this is just a little side thing. And once my kids come along, it did help that I started it before the kids. So I Mm -hmm. could work more on it then. And then once the kids came along, I thought, well, I'll just work during nap times, but it quickly grew beyond that. And I would say the first thing is like, I know what my priorities are and I absolutely want to grow the business and I am, and I will, but I'm not going to do that at the cost of what my version of like being there for my kids is. And for me, it's not the case for everybody. That's quantity time. Like I just want a lot of time with them. They're only little ones. And I want to be the one that's there influencing them and talking to them. And so I just know that like, there's a hard line there that I won't cross. And I think just having that clarity really helps. And so Mm, if there is a time that I have to choose, I know what I'm choosing. And so, yeah. And I still think it's not like super easy. There's times when we get close to the line and I'm like, I'm not sure whether like this is too much, but I'm having that. I would say one of the things, if someone is trying to balance like being a mom and a business, one of the things that helped me tremendously is getting help everywhere, like hiring help in the business. I mean, I'm not the one doing, I mean, 90% of the work is not done by me. (laughs) It's done by (laughs) everyone else, which is yeah. Whether you're a mom or not, that's a good strategy because you're going to hold your business back. But also it allows me that freedom to be there for my kids. And if they're sick, I can just be like, sorry, not showing up today. I got to stay home with my sick kid or something like that. And so mm-hmm. that has helped. And then also childcare. Um, I tried for a while doing it while I was a mom and a business owner at the same time. And that did not work for me. I'm a horrible multitasker. Like everyone knows it. It's like a running joke. Like I can't even wash dishes and talk to someone at the same time. So <laughs> did not inherit that, you know, ability. And so me trying, was, I think that's an engineer thing. It I mean, is. I it is <laughs> so much. And so like me trying to be there for the kids and do the business at the same time, it was just frustrating all the time. And so once I got regular childcare, this is when I work and I don't feel like I have to work outside of those hours And so that has been, I mean, I did that from the time my daughter was about one. And so we've had, you know, probably two to three days of childcare most of the time. And that for me is, is, has been huge. And just realizing. So how many hours a week do you work? It's not 40. Oh no, (laughs) I've never worked 40 (laughs) since I had kids. Um, I work about 24 hours a week. Which is amazing amazing because you've built a a very significant business that has like that employs people and multi six figures and and you're doing amazing, amazing work and to keep, keep it at that. So is there a lot that you say no to? There is, of course, there's a lot that I say no to. And honestly, um, I I do say, I mean, like invitations come across that I say no to like, this isn't a good fit. I can't do this, but it's more that I say no to myself because oh my goodness, if you knew the ideas that I had and the things that I wanted to do and like, oh, I want to launch this course. I want to launch this thing. I want to help these people. I mean, for example, um, I had a, 
a side of the business that was helping other entrepreneurs. And I hope that I can pick that up someday because I just love it. But yes. I had to be like, we cannot run this and the other side at the same time. So it's basically having to say no to myself. And I will be honest and say that I am like always borderline, probably just a hair too much than I really should. So it makes things a little bit messier behind the scenes and keeps us a little bit more on our toes. But I've just kind of accepted I want to be right there at almost doing too much, you know, because yeah. there's just so much. you like it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's hard to not get excited about the stuff that you're doing. I totally, I totally get it. Do you think when your kids get a little bit older, like go to school that you'll put a little bit more into the business at that point or? Actually, you get, no, probably not. No. I mean, really? in addition to the, like, obviously spending time with my kids now, I have a lot of other things that I'm interested in, like volunteer things, things at church, people I want to help, things I want to do, like nonprofit ideas that I want to start. And so yeah. I think I would rather use that time. I think there might be times where like in a busy, I might do more seasonally, like a busy season, I might work more like 40, 50 hours a week for mm-hmm. a month. But then I think I will still not work as much so that I can do some of the other things that I've always wanted to do. So that's such a great attitude. I love that. So we've already talked a little bit about the shyness thing, but can you talk a little bit more about the role that fear has played in your life and your business? Maybe some of the other fears that you've had. Um, What is something that has really scared you other than the shyness thing? And how did you move past that fear? Oh my goodness. I mean, I feel like um, so many things have scared me. Um, (laughs) Just challenges and uh, life and getting married, having kids. I mean, that was quite scary. Um, You know, and like it's um, and realizing that there's like never going to be a right time for a lot of things. Like waiting until I feel ready is probably like there are a lot of things for which you just don't feel ready and Mm -hmm. you just have to say, I'm going to like do it anyway. (laughs) And (laughs) and I feel like I've heard that. I feel like I've heard a motto for that. Have you heard that before? (laughs) Yeah. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. I can't quite think, I can't quite put my finger on it. (laughs) So I think that's really, um, you know, what it's been for me from everything from like going to school for engineering was terrifying for me. I thought they were going to find out I was a fraud or whatever, an imposter, the whole imposter thing, you know? Yes. Um, Oh, my job. I mean, once I got a real job as an engineer, I was a mess. Like I was afraid they were all going to find out that I was an imposter, like who could, you know, that I wasn't really successful. And um, I remember that being really scary, um, especially for the first few months. And, you know, there wasn't, there really wasn't another choice. Like I had to go, I had to show up and do it anyway, basically. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. So al- along those lines, what is one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn either in life or in your business? Just kind of a time where you did something and it didn't turn out the way that you wanted to, or it was a like complete disaster or something tragic happened. Like, w- tell us about that. What happened? How did... And what did you learn from it? Okay, so yes, I've had some massive failures. And this <laughs> one, like this was 15 years ago, and I still haven't shared it publicly because oh, it's boy. kind of uncomfortable this to talk like, about. Um, but good okay. dirt right now. So um, when I started college, like I had gone to high school, I had been, you know, straight A's. I loved it. I wanted a challenge. I go to my first year of college of engineering school. I went to Purdue. It's like ranked number seven for electrical engineering or whatever. So it's not easy, right? 
Right. Freshman year actually went great. Those are all the weed out classes. I made A's and like one B in one of the toughest classes. It was going great. Then sophomore year comes along. Oh my goodness. So it's hard. I mean, these concepts are hard. And one of the things that held me back more than anything is I was too shy to ask for help. Like I didn't make a lot of friends. I didn't have people I could go to, especially in my engineering classes. I was afraid to go to office hours. I was afraid to go ask for help. And I remember one professor even saying, he's like, if you can't figure this out, you will not figure it out alone. And up to that point, my hard work could get me through all the academics I needed to do. But I reached a point where hard work just wasn't enough. Like you had to do something more. And I legit, one semester, I didn't tell anyone, I failed like three classes, like an F. I went from A's and B's to like A's in the two electives and F's. Oh my gosh. Oh my So what did you do? And part of it was once I realized I was, I was struggling, I couldn't face it. Like I would sit there. I mean, I would just sit at my desk for an hour trying to get myself to study. And I couldn't because I couldn't even accept mediocrity. Like a C to me was an F. And like, I literally could not face it. I mean, I remember standing outside an exam room, like hiding, crying because I couldn't make myself go in for the final because I knew how bad it was going to be. Oh, it was awful. I mean, and I, at the time failing classes, I mean, I might as well, I thought I was going to live on the street. Like I thought I was so worthless and looking back, I'm like, okay, so you failed a couple of classes. Life is going to go on. Yeah. You're not going to be like, but to me, and I wasn't, it was the worst thing that you could have ever imagined. A lot of things. Like I wasn't athletic. I wasn't super outgoing. I wasn't beautiful. Like I wasn't good. That was the one thing I could do is I could study and I could get straight A's. So I thought the world had ended and I didn't tell anyone. (laughs) It was awful. Really? Yeah. So that's one of my biggest failures. What did you do though? Like how did you then, like what happened So again, coping was just not dealing with it. And so I go home for the winter break. My parents have no idea. And actually they put zero academic pressure on me. And I honestly didn't even think they would be upset and they weren't. Um, So it wasn't even that I feared how they would react. But my report card comes in the mail. And I think my parents, I, I don't lie. Like, I would never lie. So I was just being really evasive. Like, how is it <laughs> fine? You know? And I think they could tell. But they weren't, they didn't really know what was going on. And when my report card came in the mail, they opened it. And I didn't know it. Like, you know, your, like, report from, because then you still got stuff in the mail. And they looked at it. Like, my dad calls me in. And he's like, and he wasn't mad or mean or anything. He was just like, what's going on? And all I could do was just sob. I mean, I just sobbed. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was really terrible. And um, I just, I kept going. I was like, I guess I'll go back and try again. And then of course I'm thinking everyone's going to find out. But the truth is, A, they probably weren't. Like they don't like announce it, you know. And B, even if they did, I don't think they would actually care that much. But in my mind, they would think I was like a total loser if they knew this. So I just went back and tried again. And I wish I could say that I got the help I needed. I didn't with enough work and enough cobbling through. And I still made some C's and even a D in a class, I think, just because I was too afraid. I wish I could go back now because I think I would actually love it. And I would would ask for help because I think I just didn't want – I felt bad if – I didn't get it right away, but that was so. There was no normal. advisor or anybody that noticed that you got these bad grades and said, "Hey, like, what happened?" It like, was you a ha- big. It's not normal to go from straight A's yes. to F. Yeah, it was a big school, and so nobody really, oh. you know, noticed or reached out. And again, that was me not being really a part of the community. 
Yeah. Um, I didn't live in the dorms my first year and things like that. And so, yeah, there just wasn't really anybody. And it was really that like shyness that kept me from getting that and feeling like a failure. So I just went back and I kept going. Um, and I managed, yeah, I managed to get through it. And I think that just taught me that the world isn't going to end, even if the worst possible failure happens. Yeah, God, nobody's gonna hate me. Like, yeah, I just thought everyone would. That's so funny that <laughs> that is like such a people pleaser fear, like underlying there. That your fear wasn't even the fit. Fa- like your fear wasn't even the failure. It was what other people were going to think. It was of you yes. if you failed. Yes. So to like actually have it happen and then realize like nobody even cared. Really, life goes on. Nobody <laughs> even cares. I think I'm way more understanding of others who fail. Like, yeah. okay, it's hard. N- realizing that I couldn't, how much my perfectionism was holding me back. The fact that I couldn't cope with a C was not good. You know, I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so I think I realized how bad and how I needed to accept C level work in some areas, and that's okay. And it's okay to say you can't do everything. Like I had to admit that it doesn't matter how hard I tried in those classes, I couldn't make straight A's. Like I just, it's, they're hard. Wasn't possible. It's hard. And wow. almost no one does, you know, because yeah. that's how it is. So yeah, I think I really did learn a lot and I don't even think I would change it now if I could, but if you'd asked me even like seven years ago, of course I would have tried, but now I'm like, I just think I learned a lot so from much the from experience that. and um, that's um that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. It's it was that is like it's really inspiring to even like hear how you grew through that because I'm I'm sure that that probably has carried with you through everything that you've ever done as a business owner. It's it's those that lesson of going this but the worst case scenario actually happened and I survived it. Which, like if I can survive that, then I can survive the next thing that goes wrong. Yeah. So which true. is kind of sometimes just like a gift. That's oh, so good. So good. Um, so as someone with a successful online business, uh, and I know that you don't do a lot of coaching for entrepreneurs right now because you don't have time, but you have in the past, uh, what would you say is the most common mistake that you see new bloggers or new online business owners making? And what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out? So I would say one of the most common mistakes that I see is people spending their time, both their literal time and mental energy, worrying about the things that don't really matter. Um, I mean, for example, I mean, people will talk forever about how many times a day should I post on Facebook? (laughs) Well, the truth is it doesn't matter. There are successful people on Facebook, you know, posting 80 times a day. There are successful people posting once a day. And also you actually don't need a good Facebook page. I don't have one. None of my traffic comes with Facebook. I'm doing just fine. So I think we just get really caught up. I just see time and time again, getting caught up in the things that don't matter, especially social media. And if you look across my social media, there's nothing impressive there. You would think that I wasn't that successful. But, mm-hmm. um, for me, I focused on my email list from the beginning and that's, I put my head down and like, I haven't, I said, when I started my blog, I said, no matter what we're going to do once a week, I am putting out some content and I'm emailing my list and I haven't strayed from that. I mean, I remember even in the hospital after I came first sending out an wow. email, like, well, I that's was like, impressive. this is what I'm going to do. And so, 
by being really focused on that one thing, I think that is something that's super important. And for some, it may be like your thing is Instagram and that's the thing you focus on. And that's great. But I think you need to know what you need to focus on and just don't waste time on the rest and don't get caught up. Don't feel bad that like your numbers on one platform aren't there because they probably, you know, not everyone can be good at everything. I love that. So don't waste time on vanity metrics because they don't really matter. And that's not going to build your business. Absolutely. That's really good advice. Uh, So what are you working on right now that has you super fired up? Oh my goodness. So I am so excited (laughs) because um, so we are putting together our third virtual organizing event. So it's called Get Organized HQ and um, happening really soon. And that's where we brought together 50 organizing experts. 50. Yes. And this is all an online summit. It's all yes. virtual. You can watch from the comfort of your own yeah, and home. And it's free to attend live. And it's, oh, and it's free to attend live. Yeah, so, I get, I'm speaking this year. Yes. And Ruth is going to be speaking. We're doing like interviews and also videos. So if you want to get inspired on like changing your life and getting all organized, it's the place to be. So I'm really excited about that. It's our third time to do it, but we've made it a little bit bigger. We've reached out to more people this year. So I'm excited. And then I'm launching a brand new course all about how to create plans that really stick because people come to me all the time and um, say something like, oh my goodness, I have started planners and planning systems, but it just two or three or four weeks in, like they're in the recycle bin. It doesn't work. Like how do you actually make change that works? And so this is what this course is all about. And I have been there personally so many times. So that's part of the reason like I'm so excited. And I mean, this course has really been like six years in the making, yes. um, but I finally got it's it together exciting. in a way that I felt was clear enough to present. Um, and so if you come to the summit, you'll be able to buy that. So we are super excited about getting that out. It's exciting. Oh, and what's, it has an amazing name. Yes. Can it's you share called that? The Domino Effect. So the Domino it's Effect, which I love. about how one thing can have such a domino effect in your life and the rest of the pieces start falling into place. Because when you sit there and you think about the 20 areas of your life that you want to improve, that's overwhelming. And you can't work on all of those at once. But if you realize that if you pick one and start making changes there, it'll have that domino effect in the rest of your life. Like, And that's what happened to me. Like, The so business had a domino effect in the rest of my life because it's built my confidence so much in other yes. areas as well. And so that's what I want to give to other people. So we are so excited to be releasing Oh that. my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, I'm so excited for the summit. The dates of the summit are, they're coming, it's coming up soon. So September, I believe what? it's um, 9th through the 15th. September 9th through the 15th. And yes. how do you get signed and up? And go to getorganizedhq.com and you can probably sign up now. It opens three weeks before, um, before the event actually starts, you can start signing up. So go to Get Organized HQ. And if it's not open yet, you can sign up for the wait list. And um, you definitely don't want to miss it. Perfect. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. And I know it's going to be amazing. You have such, such a good lineup of speakers this year. And it's been, it's been amazing in the past, but this year is going to be just really, really phenomenal. And it's so inspiring to see you continuing to do these big things in your business, launching this course and this doing this amazing summit, which has become such a huge focus, um, focus of what you're doing. And I think serving your community so well, I just, I really, I'm really so impressed and so proud of you and, and all the, all the stuff that you've been doing. Thank you. So, what, uh, how do you practice self-care in your life and business? I feel like you're, you're, 
pretty good at like knowing your limits and taking care of yourself. And what do you, but what do you do to help protect and build your confidence and just take care of you? So a couple of things that I do self-care wise, so wise is, you know, we talk a lot and I've talked a lot about how you have to go out and do it scared, but I'm not doing that 24 seven. I think part of the reason I'm able to do that is I have a safe place to go. Like I have Uh. a home that I love that I feel comfortable in and I'm there a lot. So I'm not 24 seven, even in my like year of doing it scared, I wasn't out there 24 seven. I take the time to recharge and not to feel like I'm constantly on and constantly afraid. And I think that really builds me back up to be willing to go out there. So I just think, you know, if you are, especially if you are like me, one of those people that's really shy and afraid of everything, don't feel like you constantly have to be out there doing hard things. And the other thing is for me, just um, anytime that I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I start looking to others, like see who else needs help or just call a friend or hang out with a friend, getting out of my own head. I mean, it sounds funny because you're not really focusing on yourself and it might not be considered self-care, but it really helps you as much as it helps the person you're helping because yeah. you realize the world is a lot bigger than you and your situation. And oh, so for me, that really has helped advice. me more than anything when I kind of like oh. step outside of myself yeah. and look around and I feel usually energized and motivated after that. Oh, I love that. So good. Okay. So this is a question I ask every time. If you've listened to the podcast, you probably know this, but what is the best piece of advice you've ever received and why? Okay. So I thought about this when I'm like, wow, there's like a lot of advice. But um, when I was growing up, my dad had a few of these like little cheesy sayings and we always like rolled our eyes and thought they were silly. But one of them that he has said that has stuck with me and that I've started living out a lot more since I started the business is don't give first rate effort to second rate causes. Meaning not everything is worth doing to the best of your abilities. And I remember growing up, I kind of, I was like, no, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it well. And as I've gotten older, I've realized how true that is. The only reason that I have been successful in business is that there's a lot of areas like hobbies, a lot of just areas that I'm not amazing at and that I kind of give second rate effort to like even the state of my house, even though I'm an organizing blogger, a yeah. lot of times with the business and with the kids, that's something that's worth a it second rate falls effort. falls to the and wayside. That's so funny. I was just yeah. talking to somebody about that exact thing because he's he's like, you're so organized. You must be – your house must be amazing and so organized all the time. I'm like, nope. I'm fo- like, I'm selectively organized and selectively focused. If something yeah. has my – my full attention. It's great. If not, like watch out. <laughs> it's complete chaos. That is, I love that. So the saying again, don't give first rate effort to second rate causes. Yes. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. That's a, that's, that's a tweetable really right there. That's really stuck with me <laughs> over the years. So good. Oh my gosh, Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. This was amazing. Your story is so inspiring and encouraging. I think for people who feel like I'm not a person who could ever do big, scary things in my life because you have done it again and again and again and built such an amazing business, an amazing life. Uh, You're an amazing mom. And I'm just so, so inspired by you. So is there any final final thoughts you want to share with us? Any words of wisdom? And then also, where can we find you online? So if I had any final thoughts to share, it would just be that, you know, you can change, but it might take a long, a long time. Like for me, it took years. And I didn't know I was going to get there, but 
just have faith and know that, you know, whatever you want to change, it might not be shyness for you. It might be something else. If you keep working on it, it's possible. And, you know, you might be amazed at where you end up. And you can find me online at iheartplanners.com. And if you are interested in Get Organized HQ, that's getorganizedhq.com. And be sure to sign up for that. Awesome. And we, of course, will share that all in the show notes. Laura, thank you so much. And I know I'll be seeing a lot of you in the, over the next couple of months, which I'm super excited about. But thank you so much again for being here today. And thank you. Okay, guys. So don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with the links to everything we just talked about, including the link to Laura's Organize HQ Summit, which, by the way, is going to be amazing. Seriously, you have to be there. You can find it all, including the link to that at doitscared.com slash episode 73. Once again, you can get all the show notes and links on our website at doitscared.com slash episode 73. And while you're there, be sure to take our fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be holding you back and what you can do about it. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked today or any other topics that you want to ask me about or things you'd like to see addressed here on the Do It Scared podcast, guests that you would like to see interviewed, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. Don't forget that today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our online program designed to help you build a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. If you'd like to find out more about how EBA can help you start or grow your business, join our free training just for podcast listeners at doitscared.com slash EBA. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash EBA. And guys, that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes or share this episode on your Insta story and tag me to let me know. I would love that. And if I repost your story, we will send you a Do It Scared t-shirt just for fun. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to be notified of new episodes. And then speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as we chat with my good friend Brian Dixon about what it means to start with your people and on how becoming more intentional with your relationships might just change everything. Ryan is actually one of my favorite people, and he has so much insight to share both as a human being and as a business owner. And guys, it is going to be a fun chat and one that you definitely don't want to miss. So I will catch you then.